Prayer is a mysterious thing. But you know, it doesn't have to be. God wants to talk to you, and He wants to respond to your needs. The fact is, though, is not all prayers are created equal. Some prayers God responds to, and some prayers God doesn't. Our question today on Life 66 is to find out what kind of prayers does God answer? I'm glad you've joined us today. This is Pastor Greg Winschlag. Today we're going to talk about what kind of prayer does God answer? Now, this is a great question, and it's one that a lot of people struggle with because people pray, and they call on God, and sometimes they receive what they ask for, and sometimes they don't. You know, really, the starting point is to understand that, that God is a, is a person, that He's your Father, and He wants a real relationship with you. And so that relationship is the crucial piece. And for us to be able to trust God, no matter what answer we get from Him, is, is just so important. We've got to trust Him, whether His answer is yes or no or wait. Uh, it's really important that we trust Him. So today I want to talk to you about some of the prayers that God will answer and recognizing that it's less about the request and it's really more about the person, that who they are, what kind of life they lead, the relationship they have with God. You know, some people think they can just pray and if God doesn't answer them, then God's either not real or he's somehow fickle. That's just not the truth. There's a great example in the Bible in the book of Acts chapter 17, there was this man, his name was Sceva, and he had seven sons. And they thought they could just go and just do things in God's name, but they didn't even know him. There was this guy who was demon-possessed, and these seven sons went into the house to cast the demons out of this man. And the, the demon-possessed man actually said to them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, the great apostle Paul, but you I don't know. And they that, that man beat the tar out of those seven sons and sent them out of the house bleeding and naked. You see, the, the, the problem was that they didn't have a relationship with God. They thought they could just exercise some equational prayer or equational power and just do things because they saw the Apostle Paul do them or Jesus do them, not realizing that they actually had to have a relationship with God. And so the relationship with God is crucial to our prayer. And so I want to give you five um, types of prayer or five attitudes in our heart regarding prayer that will make sure that your prayers do truly get answered. The first one is that we need to pray according to His will. It's pretty simple that God will answer prayers that He already wants to answer, that He knows what we need. He knows uh, our hurts and our struggles and our confusion. He knows our pain. And there are some things that he wants to answer before we even ask them. These are prayers according to God's will. And in John chapter 16, Jesus makes the statement, ask anything in my name and I will do it. Well, you know, I can ask him for a new Ferrari because I want to have a cool car and I want to do that. Now, if that's not according to God's will, then I'm not getting my Ferrari. But there are other requests that I know are according to God's will. Requests like wanting someone to come to know Jesus as their Savior, or wanting you know, some kind of, of, of resources to help others, or you know, things of this nature, where His kingdom is glorified. Those kind of prayers, God will always answer, because they're already according to His will. 
And he wants a cooperation with us. And so it's crucial, number one, that we understand to pray according to his will. Now, how do we know his will? Well, first of all, we know his will from God's word. Whatever the promises are in the word of God, we can pray those things and know that he will answer. If, if they're not specifically listed in God's word, then what we can uh, understand is that we can discern his will by our lifestyle. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 speak to that when those verses say, don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve of what God's will is. So it's really important that we understand that our life needs to be not conformed to the way the world thinks and the, what the habits of the world and the, in the, just the ungodliness of the world, but instead that we are transformed. We're becoming more and more like him in the renewing of our mind and how we change the way we think. We change the way we think about the world, about God, about the supernatural, about his power, about who he is, about his nature, you know, all these things that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, by the change of thinking. Then we'll be able to know his will, which makes sense that if we have his mind, then we know what he's thinking and we know what he wants. So we need to pray according to his will. Number two, we need to pray a prayer of faith. This one can be a little bit tough because we might think we're praying in faith, when maybe there's some doubt sown in there. James chapter 1 speaks about the person who shouldn't expect anything from God if he doubts when he prays. There's a great example in Matthew chapter 8 of this Roman centurion. A centurion is a, is a captain or a leader over 100 soldiers. So he's a pretty influential guy. And he comes to Jesus with a request for healing for one of his uh, servants. And he comes to Jesus and Jesus says, okay, I'll go with you, and I'll, uh, and I'll heal your servant. But the centurion says, no, 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 you don't even need to come with me. Just say the word, because I'm a man under authority. I tell my, my soldiers, do this and do that, and they do it. Jesus said, you understand, you get it, that I am God, and I am the authority. I don't need to go to lay hands on your servant. I just need to say it and it will be done. That's exactly right. The centurion got that. And so Jesus said, you have great faith. One of only two people in the scripture where Jesus says they had great faith. And he says, right now, your servant is healed. So he, he was healed. He healed him. Why? Because of the centurion's faith. He knew who Jesus was. He knew Jesus' authority. He didn't doubt that it could be done because he knew that he didn't doubt his own authority. If any of his soldiers disobeyed his orders, they'd be executed. He knew they would do what he commanded them to do. Therefore, he knew in the spirit the power of the supernatural would happen if Jesus said it was so and if Jesus commanded it. And it was so. The prayer of faith is powerful. Now, this takes, it's, kind of like, a, it's like a muscle. We have to develop this faith. And the more you pray, the more you get to know God, the more you understand him and, and you get close to him and you know his mind, the more you'll be able to pr pray in faith. Because you can pray according to his will, then by faith, you know he's going to answer. So it's really, really important to learn to develop that faith muscle. So pray according to his will. You can pray the prayer of faith. The third one is to pray persistent and bold prayers. Now, this is a strange one. Jesus taught us to pray persistent and to pray boldly. 
He gave us a teaching of, of how to pray in the book of Luke, very similar to the Lord's Prayer listed in Matthew chapter 6. It's a little abbreviated in Luke, Luke uh, chapter 18. And a little abbreviated, but at the end of, of the Lord's Prayer, it says, you know, our Father who in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That's the full version in Matthew 6. There's a shorter version in Luke 18, but right after he says that, he says, now, this is how you should pray. And he tells a story of a man who uh, had a neighbor, and at midnight, this man has a friend come from out of town, but he doesn't have any food for him. And that was pretty crucial for a host to offer their guests food. So this man comes, uh, a guest comes to his house at midnight. He has no food. So he gets up and goes next door to his neighbor and pounds on his door. Says, hey, man, get up. I've got a, a, a traveler, a friend who's come from out of town. I don't have any food. I need some food. You need to help me. And the man says, you know, quit bothering me. I'm in bed. My kids are in bed. We're, I'm not getting up. You're going to wake up the whole house. But the guy doesn't take no for an answer. He just keeps beating on the door. No, I need food. You got to help me. I want you to get up. And the man says, or Jesus says, the man will get up not because he has compassion on him or because he cares about him as a friend, but because he wants him to, be, he wants him to leave him alone. He wants to go back to bed. Jesus wraps up this statement by saying, how much more? If this is how we treat each other, that we'll give each other what we need just to be left alone or to quit being bugged, that Jesus says, how much more will a father who loves us, who wants to be there for us, who desires to give us good things, how much more when we're bold and persistent will he come and give us what we need? There's another story really similar to this one about a woman who goes to a judge. And I think I misquoted the last scripture. This one's in in Luke 18. Um, That this woman goes to a judge and the scripture says that the judge is unjust. The dude is corrupt, but this lady goes to him every day. I want justice every day. I want justice next day. I want justice next day. I want justice. And the judge says, lady, I don't care about you. I don't even care about justice, but you're driving me nuts. Just to get you out of my hair, I'll give you the justice that you seek. Now leave me alone. In the same way, Jesus said, how much more will your heavenly father who does love you and who does want justice for you, how much more will he give you what you want when you're persistent? And Jesus told that story with this initial tag. Jesus taught them, this is how you should pray and not give up. Be like that lady. Don't quit. Keep pounding on the door. So it's bold prayers like the guy who went next door to his neighbor to get the bread or the persistent prayer of the woman with the unjust judge. You know, God listens when we pray. And remember, we talked before about timing and that sometimes God's timing is important, but we need to continually have faith and pray faithfully that God is listening and God does want to respond and God will answer, uh, even though it takes time. My grandmother prayed for my grandfather for 20 plus years until finally in his early 40s, 
he gave his heart to Christ and he served him until he was 91 when he died. That I can tell you this, that my grandmother would say it was worth it praying for him all those years. And I know my, my mother and we, the grandchildren, and now great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, we're so thankful that grandmother prayed for him. Otherwise, we may not have been raised in the knowledge of Christ. So persistent, bold prayers are crucial. And those are the kind of prayers that God answers. Now remember, it's prayer according to his will. You can be persistent and bold about a prayer that's not according to his will. And it doesn't matter how bold you are or how persistent you are. The answer is going to be no, because it's got to be according to God's will. It's got to be a prayer of faith. Now, the persistent and boldness shows a lot of faith. Um, So pray according to his will, prayer of faith, persistent and bold. But in that persistence and boldness, number four, it has to be humble. It's not an arrogant, God, you owe me, or God, I deserve this, so you better perform for me. It's not an arrogant persistence or an arrogant boldness like that. It's an awareness that we don't deserve anything. When we come to God, we can come bold, we can come persistent, but he doesn't owe us anything. If God never answered another prayer, he'd still be God and he would still be worth our praise. So it's not about this arrogant persistence uh, or just plain stubbornness. It's got to be humble. In Matthew 15, there's a story about a woman who came to Jesus and her her daughter was demon-possessed, and she wanted healing for her daughter. And so she cries out to Jesus for, for his mercy, and she was annoying. We know she was annoying because the disciples said, Jesus, send her away. She won't shut up. She's just you know, crying out, and it's, it's just kind of bugging us. Send her away. And Jesus just keeps walking. She keeps following. She keeps crying out after him. She won't shut up. And Jesus finally turns and says, I haven't come for the Gentiles. I've only come for the children of Israel. And she was a Gentile. And so her response is powerful. She says, yes, Lord, but even the dogs wait for the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus turned to her and said, woman, you have great faith. That's the second person he said that had great faith. The centurion was the first one. This woman was the second one. He said she had great faith. Why? Because she was persistent, but she was humble. She said, Lord, I know I don't deserve anything. I know that you are God and that, that I'm, I'm just a, uh, you know, a lowly person, but I'm asking you. And I'm asking you for my daughter, and I'm not going to quit asking you. I know I don't deserve anything. I know I'm not worthy. I know I'm just like a dog that sits beneath the master's table waiting for a crumb or two. But Lord, that crumb is all I need. I need you. And Jesus said, woman, you have great faith. And you see, he was waiting for her to get to that place, waiting for her to acknowledge that. And when she did, he turned immediately and he responded to her. And her daughter was set free from that moment. The woman's work was worth it. Her, her humbleness was worth it. So we've got to come to God like that. It is such a strange balance to come bold, but yet humble. And it's important that we understand that the boldness is not in our own power or our own aggression or our own, you know, we deserve this and we can somehow, you know, put a hammerlock on God and he's got to obey what we ask him to do. Not at all. He's not our genie in a bottle that we have control over. He's our God. 
And as we come to him, we come to him persistent and bold, but also humble, knowing that we don't deserve anything and that this is the sovereign creator we're talking to. So we can walk in that boldness, but yet humility at the same time. So number one, pray according to his will. Number two, pray the prayer of faith like the centurion. Number three, pray persistent and bold prayers like the the neighbor who came for bread or the woman asking the unjust judge for justice. And this uh, number four, pray in humility, like the woman crying out for her daughter. Finally, the last one is the, the prayer of a righteous person will get answers from God. In James chapter five, it says that Elijah was a man just like us. And he prayed and the rain stopped for three and a half years. He prayed again a little later and the rain started again. What power is that, that there can be prayer and the the skies will dry up and then prayer again and the skies will open up? It's an amazing thing. Now, the scripture says Elijah was just like us. That means that he wasn't perfect. If we're thinking we've got to be perfect before we get answers from God, then we're probably not, we, we, we may never pray. But it's not about us being perfect. It's about us being in the righteousness of Christ, that he covers us. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. And as we submit to Him, as He is our, our covering, as He is our salvation, He is our, our Master and our Lord, as we submit to that, then we're underneath His perfect righteousness, and we can pray with boldness, just like Elijah did. So I don't want you to think that, that you have to wait to be perfect before you're going to answer from God. No, you just have to keep a repentant heart, keep, keep honest and true before the Lord, And when you do fail, repent of that and get his forgiveness and his forgiveness will cover you. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six says, anyone who comes to the Lord must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. We need to be diligent seekers. Another another, um, version says those who earnestly seek him. When we seek him in earnest and with purity and heart, not seeking for ourselves, but seeking in his righteousness, seeking with the mind of Christ, that he'll answer our prayer. He'll be there for us. Now, I also don't want you to think that that maybe if, if God, uh, you know, you, maybe you prayed for a sick loved one and that loved one passed away, somehow that it was your fault. Listen, I don't know, truthfully, God's timing and everything and how God responds in every way, but I do know this. He's a good father and that God responds to his people and that sometimes he responds in ways that that are uh, that we feel happy about and sometimes not. I look in the book of Acts chapter 12, and there's a strange picture of, of two great men, James the disciple and Peter the disciple. In the first part of that chapter, James gets taken by Herod and, and the authorities, and he gets, he gets executed. Then Peter gets taken captive, getting ready to be executed, but there's a miracle and Peter gets set free. Now, what's the deal with that? How come one gets executed and the other one, there's a miracle? Could not have God performed a miracle for both? Well, of course he could have, but God's mind is not our mind. And this goes back back to the relationship. We've got to trust him. When we don't get what we want, we trust him. When we get what we want, we rejoice and thank him for it. But we rejoice no matter what, because God's ways are higher than our ways. He knows what we don't know. So I want to challenge you with this uh, with this lesson today, that if you want to make sure everything's right with you and that 
uh, that your prayers have the, the opportunity to be answered by God, pray according to his will. Pray faithfully. Pray faith-filled prayers like the centurion. Pray persistent and bold. But in that persistence and boldness, be humble, making sure that you know you're not coming to him in any kind of arrogant way. And keep, keep yourself pure before the Lord. Be a righteous person like Elijah, who wasn't perfect, but he was a man who kept right and kept short accounts with God. He, he made sure that he was in right order with him. So I hope this helps you today in your prayer life. Keep praying. Keep praying persistent. Keep praying regularly. Keep seeking God. And uh, you can pray the kind of prayer that God answers. And I know that you'll rejoice in, in the closeness you'll find with God but also in the way a loving Father will respond to you. Thanks for listening to Life 66. Hope this helps. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.